0: You're listening to
1: Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast for players by players, and all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 52 of Arsenal Pass. I'm Brendan Patrick, joined always by calling champion Hayden Dale. Hayden,
1: how are you doing? I'm just glad that you can remember your own name for once. <laughs> Don't know what that's in reference to, but uh,
0: I'm doing well as I'm do, also doing well, doing well as well. Jesus, I can already tell it's going to be a train wreck. So, speaking of that, we did have a very uh, we had one of the most interesting weeks in Flesh and Blood occur recently. There was a banner restricted announcement. Didn't really go uh as we expected, you could say. But on the note of overwhelming community disappointment. Today is also the one-year anniversary, the 52nd episode of Arsenal Pass. Pretty incredible, Aiden.
1: Yeah, you, and you've started us off with a bang as well, you know, just high energy coming in hard. <laughs> it's interesting that on the 52nd episode, the one-year anniversary of Arsenal Pass, we're going to talk about a and restricted announcement. It's, um, I think if you look back a year ago, we did our, our Monarch set review, and then we, we had a few episodes after that, really focused around a few level ups and then some, I guess, some hot topics of discussion in the meta. And then to think, would you have thought one year from then we'd be talking about an imminent pro tour and mm-hmm. uh, a very, very interesting banned and restricted announcement, not because of things that are banned, but because of the things that didn't happen?
0: I just remember when I was like uh, a Legend Story Studios maximalist. And no matter what they did, I defended them and just erred on the side of them being smarter than us. I think that changed on the 52nd episode here at Arsenal Pass. I don't have anything against them, but, uh, you know, might be throwing some critiques their way this time.
1: All right, Brennan. Well, before we get into talking about the banner restricted announcement, as you said, it's the 52nd episode. It's one year of Arsenal Pass. Uh, I want to give a massive thank you to everyone who has supported us over the past year. We're also almost at 4,000 subs on YouTube. Um, So thank you to everyone who is a subscriber on YouTube. If you're not, get there, make us 4,000. Hit us 4,000. Maybe by the time this drops, we'll be at 4,000. Uh, a double thank you to all of our amazing patrons over the past uh, five to six months who have enabled us to, I guess, grow Arsenal Pass into what it is now to deliver more content, higher production value. You know, you enable us to have uh, people who have come and help us with production, with managing the the content that we do, so that it's not all on me and Brendan, and we we're able to to put out the stuff that we want to and the stuff that we love. And I actually, have a few questions for Brendan around that. I want to hear some of his favorite content that we've done this year. But yeah, I mean. What does uh, Brendan? I just want to ask you. Like, what does this kind of what does one year mean to you? What does
0: one year mean to me? Well, that's, a, uh, that's an interesting question. I think that I'm just going to disregard your question and answer it a different way.
1: <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> not? Not like you don't always do that, anyway.
0: <laughs> I definitely have occasionally been known to do that. But uh, yeah, just thinking back to one year ago when we started Arsenal Pass, uh, planning to be a limited only podcast, focus on draft. Uh, I think the scope of Arsenal Pass has changed quite a bit, uh, <laughs> but it, it's mostly due to the to the audience, to the to the listeners. They've helped us grow into you know something that's actually half decent, I think, um, and I'm very happy with all the progress we've made. You know, made the jump over to YouTube, started doing gameplay, and also just really you know, broadened the horizons of what this podcast is and the kind of topics we cover. And I'm very happy with where it currently is, and getting to one year and having this success that we've had so far. Um, you know, it's been one of the more fulfilling things that I've done probably in my entire life. How about yourself, Aiden?
1: Wow, that's huge. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And I just think it's down to everyone around us It's down to, I keep, you know, people, people poke fun at me for saying the Arsenal Pass family, but it is, it's an Arsenal Pass family. It's in a community. So, um, it is really down to each and every one of you who have built, built Arsenal Pass with us. So on that note, Brendan, I want to know in case we've got some new listeners or, Uh, People who maybe have only listened to the last few episodes, maybe this is the first episode, in which case they're thinking, you guys really like to talk about themselves, don't they? Uh, But I I promise you, it's not not every episode that we do, you know, talk about ourselves. It's usually every second episode, so don't worry about that. Uh, Brendan, favorite episode so far? Have you got one for us? Your favorite podcast we've done either because you really enjoyed recording it. You thought the content was, you know, great. (laughs) Hey, all the pods are great, Mm -hmm. right? But stood above the rest. Uh, or just, you know, you just really enjoyable stands out to you as maybe your favorite uh, pod episode that we've done so far.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to piggyback off what you said. And just, you know, speaking of narcissism, I think my favorite podcast was uh, The Legend of Fandale. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. The interview of Hayden post national championship was a, was a really cool podcast. We go into. A, <laughs> Arguably, we go more into Hayden Dale as a person and sort of his view on life than actually flesh and blood. But I thought it was a cool, it was a cool, po- cool podcast. Kind of put Hayden over over the barbecue for uh, for an hour or so. But we um, learned a lot, and yeah, I think it's my favorite. <laughs> I was
1: definitely I was definitely on the grill that day. That's for sure. Um, my favorite episode, and so I think I don't know what episode number that was, Brendan. Uh, if people wanted to, already something, people don't want to go back and listen. <laughs> um <laughs> i actually think it was it was prior to then but that's okay um my favorite episode is probably episode 33 it was our community hot seat episode i think we had had so many questions on that episode and mm-hmm. so many topics to cover um i really enjoyed the kind of format that we we broke away from the more traditional arsenal pass format of you know like we're very usually very um directive in how we we do an episode of the pod but this was uh kind of all over the place and there was a lot of different questions and we were going back and forth and um talking about a different a lot of different topics and i really enjoyed that i think that's something that came across very well on the recording so yeah if you haven't checked that out some of the some of the topics now are kind of irrelevant but um some of them are not relevant like there were some great questions around you know just the, the future of the game and um i'm probably gonna have to go back and listen to it and see where some of the things we said where we are now as we head towards the first pro tour
0: <laughs> go back and listen to that uh tales via limited review and just cringe
1: (laughs) exactly Well, i mean there's been some highs and lows right of the pod so far and we won't take up too much time talking about this but you know i feel like we've we've had some some great episodes and you know some episodes where we've felt a bit more down on them but i think um overall we've learned a lot in the past year and that's going to continue to i guess drive what we do next on that on that brendan what do you think is next for arsenal pass what's next for us over the next 12 months is it going to be next 12 months
0: is there gonna be in next twelve months? That's a good question. I think the Arsenal Pass podcast is going to be maintained for a while, um, barring any kind of crazy events. It is something that I think Hayden and I can keep up. We've got a good sort of flow and how we do it, and it doesn't it doesn't stress me out. I think that the Arsenal like the podcast itself rarely stresses me out. The stuff that's less sustainable is more like the gameplay or the X videos per week and trying to hit those as maybe, you know, we go into sort of a lull period of flesh and blood, and that correlates with like just a you know, ridiculously busy period in Hayden and I's lives, respectively. So those have been the ones that are tough. But the podcast itself, I think that that one will exist for a long time. So I'd be willing to bet. Uh, I'll, I'll take the over on another fifty-two weeks.
1: <laughs> Me too. you, you you're right there with you. Yeah, I think um, one of the changes we made, sort of end of last year around that sort of Christmas period, was that we we were going to decommit from a video every week and. We wanted to make the videos we wanted to make and we wanted to make them and i think that's worked i've enjoyed that so much more brendan i think the the quality of the content has gotten higher because of that and we, we're still gonna make gameplay videos we're still gonna make big tech techs uh we're still gonna do uh impromptu videos but it's uh i think it's, it's on our terms so no i've been enjoying that so far i want to ask you what's a topic that we haven't tackled so far in the first year of arsenal pass but you would really like to tackle but maybe we haven't because of logistical reasons or we just don't think that we're able to to do it justice in a podcast or, or any of those reasons maybe you just feel like it's too hot a topic to touch
0: <laughs> i'd love to touch more hot topics but uh so there is you, a there's you're known a for shying that... away from them right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um so there's a podcast series that we have right now um that is only on patreon it's called zero to hero uh it's in three installments so installment one is kind of getting into the game Installment two is sort of competing at the pro uh, in the competitive level in which we have so far, callings, maybe nationals. And then the final one for us. So, installment three is making that jump to pro tour and then world champion. So, I'm excited, you know, maybe post this year to finally finish off the zero to hero uh, series and talk about, you know, going to the pro tour and going to worlds and hopefully having a, a world championship or, sorry, a world champion a part of as one of the podcast hosts. Oh, i got, kind of got lost More i was gonna say on here but that means we would just interview somebody no i'd like for one of us to win to win the flesh, first flesh and blood world championship I've all got dreams brennan
1: <laughs> yeah no i think that's a great shout it's been something that i've really enjoyed doing that series and obviously it's been broken up over time so um i think for me one of the topics i really want to tackle is you know as a, as a welcome to wraith boomer as we like to say and as uh someone who loves talking about fundamentals of this game I would love to talk about and do an episode on on pitch stacking and how to effectively pitch stack. It's such a such a big topic, and I don't even feel that I am versed enough, am good enough, you know, to to do a whole like introductory or well, not even introductory part, but do a comprehensive episode on this. And I think you know, if we sat down and we worked on it really hard, and we had someone come in to maybe help support us with it, I think we could definitely do it. But I want to make sure that when we do that topic, we do it justice. And I don't even know if a pod is like the form to do it. It might be. It might be a video. But it's something that I really want to tackle. But I see it as like a bigger kind of production, and it's something that um I want to just not half-ass. I want to make sure that it's it's really detailed in how to how to get the most out of pitch taking. How to use some of the tips and tricks to make sure that you can uh, do it for any different type of deck, any different format in this game. And um, it's also a really hard concept to explain. I know you've tried to explain it to someone before. I know you. You famously explained it to Steven from Team Covenant, I think, about like how to do it the night before. He went and played a Monarch sealed event, and then he just did it and <laughs> just dominated the the sealed event. But it's it's such a hard concept to explain to people. So um, I think it's something I want to do this year at some point, though. It's on my list.
0: Yeah. It would also be nice if we could uh, realize a, or sorry, witness a future classic structured format where it was relevant as well. <laughs> Um, I have to wait for that. But well, maybe not Legend Story, yeah, it's just uh speed go up, I think, every single set. Yeah, I mean if you played old uh, sorry, if you played Star Wars set, you know, obviously Michael's deck is playing heavy yeah, for Michael second cycle, so yeah, it was really cool. Um but there are definitely some very good players I know that uh actually don't believe that the second cycle of the deck even exists. Oh.
1: Anyway, we can ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> That's ten minutes of us talking about Arsenal Pass and just again, big thank you to everyone. And we've uh, we've had such an amazing time this first year, and we uh, we're here to do it again for another year at least. So, on that, we're almost at four thousand subscribers. Brendan, I did say last week we had a we had a, a giveaway for I guess the four thousand subscribers as well, and of course we do have our big golden ticket uh, s giveaway. And um, you know, I don't want to saturate the pod with a bunch of giveaways, but I did say that for four thousand subscribers, we would give away a box of Everfest. So, um, let's just make it fun. Uh, I want to ask people just literally drop a comment on this episode of the pod on YouTube and just let me know which historical figure do you think would like Arsenal pass and why one sentence, uh, we're just going to draw it at random, but if it's funny, I'm probably going to give you two or three entries. There you go. Damn.
0: I would have liked it to be come up with the best nickname for Dale. No, no, no. Funniest no, no, no. one wins. <laughs> okay. No, no, no,
1: Anyway, get in the draw for the box. We'll draw it on the pod next week. Uh, just, you know, drop a short comment on the video below and uh thank you for getting us to 4k subscribers anyway brendan this week in flesh and blood what have you been playing
0: oh yeah so this week was really exciting so there's been sort of this uh
1: (laughs) this this weird period
0: after the calling uh indianapolis and before the most recent ban and restricted announcement where it felt like there was no reason to test you know um we understood the format really well. We didn't know what was coming in the announcement. Um, and the upcoming announcement was going to clarify that. And we could all sort of put our heads in the dirt or whatever and just work hard and figure it out. And, you know, schedule testing times and just grind, right? Um, so I was waiting on that, which was cool. So I didn't really get a lot of testing in. And then that time came. And... uh yeah, we'll talk about that later in the pod, but I would say some testing, some testing just to kind of play around right uh, in the interim, but nothing really hardcore was really waiting for that announcement to give us, give me some more clear vision. Um, so kind of a chill, it's kind of a more relaxed week in Flesh and Blood. I do have the SCG Dallas this weekend on Sunday. It's going to be a Blitz event. I think it's a battle hardened. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe it'll be fun. I'll be playing Viscerai. Uh, but yeah, what about you Hayden? How was your week?
1: Well, sounds very similar. So recorded some videos. I mm. uh, did a couple of deck tech videos. Um, otherwise, just took a bit of a break in anticipation of the banner restricted announcement, as you say. And then, yeah, just a few games here and there of Classic constructed, just trying out some some things and um, looking at some heroes that maybe I'm less familiar with that I want to make sure that I'm getting more familiar with as we head towards the Pro Tour. Um, just because maybe we don't know what's going to happen. But as you say, we'll, we'll talk about that in the main topic of the pod. I've about some news? How about some news, Brennan? Mm all right well
0: no, no 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 oh wait that's espn but that counts
1: top of the news brendan and restricted update can't really go past it can we uh it's the main topic of the pod so we won't dive into it here but i did just want to give the top line uh, changes to blitz and classic constructed mm-hmm. just so everyone's aware no, what no, were they no changes no changes to classic constructed or blitz so, um okay
0: well at least we'll have the same format until the pro tour well or during the pro tour
1: also in the banner restricted announcement, uh, Alice have said on the 2nd of May, there will be another banner restricted announcement coming. So that is uh, exactly what's that? 11 days before the Pro Tour. 12 days before the Pro Tour. 11 days before kickoff. Um, so just to be aware that that is, that is coming. If you haven't already heard about it, I'm sure at this point everyone who listens to Arsenal Pass has heard about, has heard about the banner restricted announcement and um, what's happening. Along with that, though, is some updates to Battle Hardened, and this definitely caused some confusion during the banner-restricted announcement, which I know, Brennan, you may have tweeted about, but during the banner-restricted announcement, they did say, you know, Starvo could become Living Legend, uh, and here's the kind of schedule for the Battle Hardened, and then there were two Battle Hardens on there that, as far as we knew, were not Classic Constructed, but it turns out that uh, there's been two additional Battle Hardens added. So the the Classic Constructed uh, Battle Hardens coming up, we have Battle hardened Krakow we have the cooling Taiwan, which is class constructor, but then we have battle hardened Madrid battle hardened Taiwan and battle hardened Pittsburgh uh added in there as well so there's it's the class constructor and then we also do have um another one at Taiwan as well, which I believe is is it, welcome to rake limited isn't it For like a top eight yeah, well, yeah. I was like
0: it's very ex- I wish I was playing that one
1: yeah um I'm really jealous
0: actually that sounds awesome
1: <laughs> um fabtcg.com over on the mothership there's a really cool interview up with michael hamilton who is the second two-time calling winner uh someone random asked me to make sure i put that into the news that uh, michael's the second person to do that i don't know about them (laughs) but um it's a really cool interview congratulations again to michael for picking up that one and shout out to rob and Tarek, uh who are taking over the arsenal pass mantle and doing the blitz gauntlet you know we did the everfest pro quest gauntlet they're picking up on fabtcg.com and doing an everfest blitz gauntlet um, stepping into our shoes, hope they can fill them, Brendan. Best of luck to the boys there. Uh, no, so far, really cool games. I think the last one was Lexi versus Islander, and I think before that they did a, a classic, Sirai versus uh, Ultim. I think so. We go check those out. um Up on our channel, uh, I put up a dash deck tech this week, and there's Reinard to come. It should be up around the time the pod drops. If not, then uh, in the day after, the two decks or two of the three decks that I played this season. Or skirmish the three, skis, the three skirmishes i played in the first two weekends taking a break for the last two weeks of skirmish uh, got a few things on so i wanted to throw those deck decks up i did post on twitter and say you know what would people like to see and um, those two got quite a lot of votes so i just recorded both of them i had tons of fun playing that dash deck so it was the one i wanted to prioritize but of course you know it's rhina i can't i can't not look at rhina brendan so rhina deck tech for blitz also to come yeah,
0: when class are Constructed. Um, so speaking of the, Ars- the anniversary of Arsenal Pass, we did do a special podcast for the Patreon, um, which is actually the history of Flesh and Blood as witnessed by Mr. Dale and myself. We talk about all the little formats that have come about, what they were like, you know, Welcome to Wraith, Up Till Now. Um, reminisce a little bit about our Boomer days, hit some nostalgia notes, but Got also me. tell some pretty funny stories. So yeah, go check that out if you're interested. I love, personally... There's nothing more that I love that I love than actually just like kind of like listening to listening to stories of flesh and blood. Um, recently I've been vicariously doing that through Magic the Gathering, like looking back at the old pro tours just kind of in preparation for what I hope we'll witness in this game in the future. It's it's awesome. I love the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally a shout out to the Arsenal Pass Patreon. Uh would you <laughs> by supporting us you help us do what we do and the sport has been incredible. Um, our patreon does have extra content if you are interested including that uh, the extra podcast i mentioned deck texts and deck guides um as well as some spicy stuff for instance hayden and i did a commentary over my winning in game in uh the calling indianapolis and yeah i gave a detailed breakdown of sort of the play uh, or sort of the lines and play-by-plays as we progress through that match
1: yep really enjoyed
0: doing that uh bit
1: of fun all right, oh Brennan. Spoiler, I lose. Spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't add another top eight to your, to your record. <laughs> it's kind of a I'm funny match win to win do, right? I don't, don't want to beat, <laughs> beat anybody, yeah. It's a win and end, but it's like we know Brennan didn't top eight, so. A bit of a, <laughs> no, it's not an anticlimax because the game is a great game and there's a lot to break down in the game, So, um, and one of the most important matchups in the current format, and maybe could be the format? Anyway, we'll get to that. First of all, though, it's time to give away trip to New Jersey. Well, you know, we're giving away part of a trip to New Jersey as much as um, we're going to call it the, what do we call it, the Arsenal Pass golden ticket, I guess. Uh, just to recap. It's golden ticket. Oh, is it? Okay. All right. So, Last week in the mm-hmm. pod, we did announce that for one year sort of anniversary and, and heading to PT New Jersey In the calling. We did want to give someone access to some flights and uh, entry to the calling if, if they needed that as well, up to $500. know to help someone a community legend someone in in some of our local communities in north america who maybe might need a helping hand to to get there and uh, we wanted to provide that so we did uh we got a lot of to be honest we got so many entries i think there was like 90 plus comments on last week's episode and so many deserving people as well so many awesome comments people uh, obviously putting forward other people but also for themselves uh, which we did ask as well for people to put for themselves and just some amazing stories as well so brendan doesn't know this but i've gone and uh pick through we have four finalists for this and then we're just gonna actually randomize the winner from our four finalists but these were some of my favorite stories I wanted to share them on the pod as well uh that you know these people would put forward for I guess for this prize. Um so Brennan the first was actually for uh Michael. Michael was out in in Oregon um and he was put forward by Kate who is co owner at uh, Mox Valley Games. Out over that way. And um Kate said that uh they'd like to nominate Michael just for all the work that Michael has done in building that FAB community, um, they've got such an insanely wholesome and friendly group at the Mox Valley Games over there, uh, but Michael's been a real positive driving force for the game and has gone above and beyond to, to open the gate to new players. Uh, when they hosted their ProQuest pro event in March, uh, Michael actually gave out Everfest packs to other, other players, I believe, of his, of his own. Uh, made top eight, but didn't make it to that sort of first slot. Um, but they would love to see Michael over in New Jersey, so that was just one of them. Another person that we had a lot of a lot of uh, comments for was um, uh, Nia Tran in Canada. So uh, Nia is, I think, one of the sort of I know. Yeah. you know, Nia. I know <laughs> yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a founding father. I'm going to say, or a founding member of um, of Flesh and Blood in Canada. Uh, you know, lending dicks to people, um, just being a great person in that scene, a pillar of the local store. And uh, I know someone posted that comment. I think it was Joel. Uh, said they wanted to nominate Nia and then just tons of backing comments for Nia so just you know clearly someone who's well respected and and um, deserving in that community who's done a fantastic job to build that community up from just a few players whether that be through their online sort of community during COVID uh, whether it be in-store play lending decks to players <clears throat> um, things like that so that's just such a, a really cool thing to see um, and then next would be uh Hasiel Diaz, who's out in, I believe, Florida. Uh, Haciel actually had by far the most people uh, plug in and um, say that they wanted to see um, Haciel win this. is just been a massive part of that community, building that South Floridian community. Um, just apparently <laughs> he has of food recommendations as well. Uh, I've heard as mm. well. So just someone who, you know, lending cards to people, um, just taking time out to not even play events, but to teach people the game um gets together and and provides cards for people and is open for playtesting just always available to play games and has just been a massive part of the community i think we had like 10 comments for uh so um big shout out uh, to you and then lastly was uh elaine so elaine was put forward by uh anarchy please uh from louisiana apparently just been playing Flesh and blood not long now uh but has really dove you know sort of dived into it been to multiple ProQuests. Um, I think went for ProQuest first or second week playing the game. Went 2-3. And then the next week went 4-1-1. One, one, uh, just missing top eight. So a short, a short Flesh and Blood career. But apparently is putting a lot of effort into it. And, um, you know, Anaki just says that she's a real embodiment of everything that is awesome about Flesh and Blood as a community. Super friendly. Super lovely. You know, approachable. Uh, just wants to play the game hard but, but fair. And um, is really enjoying building... The game out as uh as we kind of know it so <clears throat> brendan all finalists here all very deserving and and there's so many other people who submitted themselves and other people and some amazing stories out there but we can we can only give one away this time so i've assigned numbers randomly to these entries you can just give me a number between one and four and uh and we're gonna have our winner mm, i've got the golden ticket as they would say Spin around in a circle. Close your eyes and hold it out to someone. Jesus.
0: All right. <laughs> oh, man, I love how we just picked up on that reference so perfectly. Um, I'm going to go with number i I'm going to go with
1: number one. Number one. All right. Let me refer to this page. Congratulations to Haseel, who, Haseel, sorry, who is, uh, is our winner of the Fiendale's golden ticket, as Brennan is going to call it. Um, Clearly someone who's very, very deserving, has a lot of support from their local community, and um, I think they're all going to be very excited to see you in New Jersey. So we'll be in contact uh, with, with the details. Congratulations. I'm going to be asking for food recommendations the next time I'm
0: in Florida. <coughs> oh, actually, me too.
1: I go there. I, should, I go
0: there a lot. So. <laughs> all right, Brendan. Oh, well, speaking of food, you smell that, Hayden? Smell that on the grill? It's, um Good old Floridian barbecue this week. Tell me what we got in the command and cookout section, sir.
1: Let's do it. So if you want to get your question for the command and cookout, as always, you can email, postcard, uh, post on the YouTube. Just say you've got a question for it's the command and cookout. Tweet at us. Tweet around us. Uh, you can, mm-hmm. any way you want, really, just get a question for the command and cookout. On our community Discord for our patrons as well, we do get quite a lot of questions. And this is where this one comes from, from Shugo. Who says, while we do know there's an introductory product coming in May, prior to the only new player product we've had, uh, are the Tales of Aria and Monarch Blitz decks, which contain some pretty complex mechanics for just starting out, comparatively to Welcome to Wraith. The Aria are great, but not necessarily accessible to everyone, and not to mention the early sets are now out of print, albeit still currently accessible. I know there's speculation about some changes coming in the near future. I think maybe Shugo's referring to this Fab 2.0 that's kind of floated around and what that kind of means. However, speaking from today's standpoint, what would you do? Uh, how would you go about introducing fab yeah uh, great question i think and something that continually changes um i think for me personally brennan these these uh battle decks these uh, battle decks yeah yeah the Rhinar versus dorinthia that's coming out in may seems to me like a really exciting way to introduce people to the game it has the fundamentals of two of the original heroes non-talented heroes of, of flesh and blood and it gives it to you in this accessible kind of product that you can buy and then have that available to you as a blitz deck to then go and upgrade so potentially ability to access, you know, one of the more introductory formats, a blitz format that is, I guess, touted as one that is faster games, easier to get into. And then you already have this deck. Uh, there's obviously a new version of the hero, new weapon, uh, plus specialization card. That's what we know, at least there could be other cards in there. Um, and then you have both. So you have access to these, you can play them, you can try them, and then um, you can also, you know, buy it, try it, play it with a friend. You could even buy this, gift it to a friend. Play with them and, and and uh teach them the game i guess and i think that's a really good introductory point you get this kind of play mat in there you have these these ready to play decks and um from there newer players can go and upgrade as they like i think that probably is going to be the premier way to get players into the game and i honestly i remember in welcome to Wraith the arcane rising even crucible people ask me like, which is a good hero to start with i'd often say bravo but like i also thought reiner and dorinthi were both good heroes to learn because they taught you a lot about uh, just using your hand, using your arsenal, and also the combat chain.
0: Yeah. So there is one product
1: that wasn't mentioned, and that's
0: the classic constructed Welcome to Rate decks. Uh, They eventually did go out of print,
1: but that was a good...
0: Yeah, they were were pretty good introductory products, to be honest. The balance on them, maybe not the greatest ever, but that was how I learned the game, actually, was buying all those, playing those decks. Um, But... Uh, my answer is going to be a little bit boring hating because I echo everything you said and I can expand upon why like the way that I originally learned magic was by playing dual decks with my partner at the time we would just buy those dual decks and it's and gonna make a lot of people cringe because there's probably not a worse magic experience than playing dual decks but I loved it so having this sort of you've never played brew before you've never played warrior before, let let's go pick up that deck and we can just dive into it right it's all set up it's ready to go you get your playmat could even be your first experience of flesh and blood at all it's such a perfect uh, a perfect product and i like that you have this sort of dichotomy between the you know the warrior class and the brute class whereas with the ira decks it was just kind of two of the same decks so i think it's really exciting um and i think this is a perfect product to introduce uh new players to the yeah. game
1: i kind of want to add on i think there's a bit of a i kind of see bringing a new player in as a bit of a process i mean and interesting because most of the players that I've shown this game to, like two or three games, and they're like, Yeah, like I'm this game's awesome, like I'm hooked right. But yeah. the problem I find is that where do they go next? So, you, you teach them the fundamentals of the game, and then I notice like a lot of players get lost really quickly, you know, like things become overwhelming, the combat chain reaction phase, like all these things that are happening become a lot. And then all of a sudden, it's like there's talented heroes, there's so many mechanics. Like, I've, I have have friends who've tried to play the game, they really enjoyed like the basics, especially around people that are or around the time of Welcome to Wraith, Arcane Rising Crucible i taught the game to monarch i think made it a bit tougher just with the you know it's like hold on what's happening here all of a sudden there's like auras like what is what are these cards you know like there is that kind of piece that's maybe a little bit tough to understand but i think with what you get with these dual decks especially for the base here, is a great entry point or even you can just build up sort of you know like commoner decks or whatever from some of the earlier heroes that are a bit more straightforward easier to learn uh there is deck for these like those Welcome to trade hero decks that brennan talked about and also they made some for arcane rising theoretically like lists for sort of mm-hmm. entering the game yeah you can find those up on the Fab TCG website. I'd recommend building some of those out. Uh, I think those are great. But I think the, the Monarch Blitz decks and like, those kind of products, even the Tales of... the Tales of Aria ones, right? Yeah. Yeah, there are. Sorry, I just forgot. <laughs> um, we just didn't buy them, but yeah. I think I actually have some because I, I bought some to, to play with some friends, but um i think those are like a, a step down the road so once people learn the basics i think get them in on some of the, the more basic heroes introductory heroes and then start to teach them some of that, the ways talented classes work and then from there i think you have access to i guess kind of go whatever way they want you can teach them more of the, the fundamentals and stuff but i think i see now those kind of blitz that we saw from monarch and tales of aria probably is like the secondary step to bringing someone into the game and teaching them because they're a bit less straightforward
0: Yeah it's interesting cuz like i still think there's definitely a jump <laughs> you know like there's a this that jump from even those blitz decks into like a full class constructed play is pretty interesting but i don't have a solution right now on how we mit- how we kind of change that and mitigate that and you know it's weird for me to reflect on it too because i sort of very much organically grew with the game as yes. it came out like especially in the united states so this uh coming into the game and now being overwhelmed by so many heroes all these talents uh keywords and just kind of crazy interactions sometimes um you know there's a lot there's a lot there's definitely a lot more than when i started and i thought it was complicated back then
1: yeah i do think one of the best ways to introduce a new player to fab though is getting to focus on what they're doing so you know we talk about a lot in arsenal pass play playing both sides of the board like that is getting it to a competitive state and really starting to understand the format and what's happening on both sides of the board as a new player and even as a, as a casual player like you don't need to worry about that focus on what's happening on your side of the board Find something that a new player really enjoys, whether they identify with the hero, they identify with the playstyle, the art, some of the cards in the deck, whatever it is that they can latch onto, and then just get them to practice that and find that. And as they start playing into different things, they're going to learn what's happening in the rest of the game, right? They're going to see their opponent playing Prism, they're going to see their opponent playing Levia, they're going to see their opponent playing maybe Bravo, star of the show, I don't know, <laughs> and learn about the game that way. And then they can pivot and change and they can try something else, and I think that's a great way to do it. Um, I just want to add on uh because we had a secondary question kind of adding on to this from fancy who said uh taking on to that all of the starter decks have been explicitly for the blitz format well except for the ones you talked about Brian. how would you go about introducing a player to classic construct specifically when we talk about this what if anything would you see in the future for this well i think the, the blitz decks right which of these dual decks are great um i think blitz is a good way to start people into the game i think it's actually good to progress from blitz into classic constructors to be honest i think you learn a lot of fundamentals you can learn them quick things you know the the turn cycles are faster there's less depth to the game but in terms of transitioning people into classic constructed i think the best way is honestly like get the fundamentals under you and then start on maybe some of these more these decks that they identify with so maybe they've been playing a bunch of lexi and and blitz okay cool here's a lexi classic constructed deck or this is how lexi works in classic constructed try and teach them the differences teach them about why you know why these games are longer and then let them play these games and I, i i guarantee because of the fundamentals they've learned in blitz after you know uh, some number of games, depending on it's always individual, they will start to pick up the class constructed sort of nuances and differences. I, I have no doubt about that. I think Blitz is actually a great point to start from, just from fundamentals. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I do. I I do hope that they come out with introductory products for class constructed though, because um, those decks add like a sort of vector of competing that is interesting for Mm -hmm. all types of players it's good for new players but you can also host events with those decks and they can actually be pretty fun because they're very balanced i played one actually i played Uh, one yeah it was fun yeah so did i i played a monarch one (laughs) for the uh, monarch blitz decks uh but yeah those are so i think they're great products i think what they're doing with the current or sorry with the new rhinar versus um not rhinar but brood versus warrior one where they're adding in the look and they're kind of beefing up the whole the entire product to. Give the player more than just cards i think that's really cool um and i like that flushing out the lore flushing out you know a lot of stuff that attracts you when you first come to a game you know some people aren't just about the math and the raw
1: gameplay you know mm-hmm. awesome well thank you both for the questions uh you're going fancy and with that said brendan let's move on to the main topic so today we're going to talk about the banner restricted announcement breaking down the announcement itself i think this is important to start with because you've got to remember brendan Although this has been kind of the hot news, the hot topic, not everyone would have kind of been across what's happening, and I also want to talk through just some of the discourse the discourse that's happening around it, just what we're hearing, let people know about that, what this means for the PT, we're going to talk about that, what this means for the calling in New Jersey. Let's not forget we have a calling coming up on the same weekend as the Pro Tour, the Pro Quest season. Our thoughts and feelings on this for the game and for players in general, and uh, also share some predictions maybe for May second and what we want to see from Alice's next, and what we'd like to see, what we'd do if maybe we had the keys make some of these decisions so first of all brendan let's break it down the announcement what does the announcement actually say well i'm going to share this quickly so uh, this was published on the 5th of april we're currently recording on the 7th of april in my time that's the 6th for you uh, so we're just what less than 48 hours removed from this announcement that's constructed as no changes And uh, analysis said bravo star of the show is the deck to beat on an impressive ProQuest season one performance and the recent victory at the calling Indianapolis that featured four different heroes in the top eight Savo, as he's become known, is currently sitting at 814 points on the Living Legend leaderboard, well on his way to a 1,000-point threshold. So LSS is making it pretty clear that uh, they're pointing out the Living Legend system here in relation to Star of the Show, which we can dive into a bit more soon, Brendan. But they make that pretty clear, even in the first, you know, the second sentence, uh, that Living Legend is in play here, right? Um, Also, they then go on to talk about the remaining Living Legend points for the season with Class Constructed Events available through battle-hardened events and through the calling taiwan so that players are aware of just how many living legend points that the star of the show could get between now and may 2nd and that date is important for a reason that we'll talk about very shortly uh but alice's do say that their intent for the competitive season through to the end of april is to be played out with no changes to the banner restricted list and that pro tour new jersey to be the first major event to tackle a new game. so if you were to read that face value right there's they alice is a saying that they feel there could very well be a new metagame uh, to tackle it at the Pro Tour New Jersey, is what it sounds like. And uh, so they're making no changes to Classic Constructor this time. But uh, then, this is the important piece, May 2nd, Brennan. Legion Story Studios say the next banner ban- restricted announcement is scheduled for May 2nd, which is the day after Battle Hard in Pittsburgh, which is the last Classic Constructed event we have that awards Living Legion points between now and Pro Tour number one. Um, at which point it is possible that, so back to what Alice say, at which point it is possible that Bravo start of the show will have achieved Living Legion status, it is also possible that he will not and that he's part of the metagame heading into Pro Tour New Jersey. Based on the results of the upcoming competitive events and considering more than just Living Legion status of Bravo, we will make changes to the banned and restricted list at that time, if deemed necessary. Lastly, this approach is to intend to put the challenge I of exploring a revised metagame in the hands of the elite group of players taking part at the Pro Tour. So, that's the announcement before we even get to I guess the discourse around this announcement and what's happened, I just want to get your thoughts on the wording of this of the spanish yeah. rich announcement, like yes because i I personally think that I've read this multiple times, I've read all the versions you know multiple times because there has yeah. been some changes uh, just as the battle hardens have solidified and new dates released but like I think the wording is really specific, like people have said that. I think some of the discourse is uh you know oh, this feels a little bit like lazy or this feels like it was kind of rushed maybe the day before i think the wording in this statement is really really purposeful uh around what they're saying especially in the second half of that statement around exploring a new metagame in the hands of elite players and um april to be played out with no changes uh but then pro tour in new jersey to be the first major event to tackle a new metagame i mean correct me if i'm wrong brennan but the way i'm reading this is that we are going to see changes come may 2nd whether that be Zava, Living Legend, or B, changes the banner restricted list. Yes.
0: So I think if you look at this, this series of paragraphs in a vacuum, its intent is pretty clear, right? The message is clear. So the reason why I don't put as much weight as you do on what is said here is because this in the context of what Legendary Studios has told us in the past is extremely contradictory and it doesn't make any sense, right? It's the, it's, pretty much the opposite of what we expected for a lot of very good reasons for things that they've they've said in interviews in the past and from the you know the decisions we've seen made in the past as well it contradicts all of that and i would argue that it actually reads like the person writing this isn't really the person in charge and i think that's why we saw four different versions in less than six hours so i do wonder who's driving here per se you know like who's really steering the ship um and i find it hard to read into this um super hard because It feels like, it doesn't feel engineered, like, it doesn't feel like this is, this is engineered very, I don't know, with a lot of integrity, right? Like this, this, this was the intent. We were planning for this. This is like, this is what we expected to happen on May 2nd. And, um, you know, the, the things that they quote later, which is like, we want this revised meta for the pro tour. It's like, I just, I don't believe that. Right. I feel like that happened retroactively after they've decided they want to kind of punt the ball down the road a month. Um and there's a lot of reasons for that and we can dig into why some of these things don't make sense, right? Just like they quote Living Legend as a way to maybe sort of keep Starvo in check and we very contradictory things they said in the past. And then this 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 end where they talk about a revised metagame hands the elite group of players to make right. the Pro Tour more exciting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like saw you stop on my camera and I thought, yeah. Can we break it down? Because you've seen a, a quite yeah. a lot of stuff there. So let's start with what a what are the contradictory points in your eyes? Like, what are these points that you think are contradictory to what we've seen in the past? Let's start with X. I know people are going to probably be sitting there listening and saying, what are, "What are the contradictory points?" Maybe they're not fully familiar yeah. with previous statements from Legendary Studios around ban restricted.
0: So, Living Legend is not a system that's meant to keep the game balanced. Um, it's meant to serve the function of rotating heroes out in an eternal format where things, you know, exist forever. Right, sets don't rotate out themselves and keep it fresh. Um, and stuff like that, right? I originally thought that the intent was actually to keep the format healthy. I thought it was its own way of sort of keeping things in check. And I got yelled at very loudly by a, uh, you know, a mob on the YouTube comments that that was not the case. And they were right because James Dwight has actually said Did this it. in an interview. He said it in an interview, right? So we know that this is actually not the intent, the original intent, at least, right, of the Living Legend system. So that first line goes us for a loop. We're like, hmm, that's not... A, that's not what you said right That that's not what we expect
1: to, to be fair to be fair though they're not necessarily saying that um you know that they're looking for living legend to balance star of the show i guess what they're saying here is that star of the show is close to living legend pointing out a fact so i do think you know do need to be careful about what what alice is saying here um because they do say that their intent for the competitive season through to the end of april is to be played out with no changes so i think not saying that living legend is the answer here because they do also say that come may second whether or not davo is living legend or not doesn't mean that star of the show is going to stick around they are, they've said that we will make changes to the banner restricted list at this time if deemed necessary but i do agree with you and this is the discourse around this is that seems like the goalposts are shifting and that they're trying to use living legend as a way to take care of this without having to actually touch anything on the banner restricted list which feels contradictory what we've sort of heard and seen in the past even if that necessarily doesn't isn't the intent that they're saying it feels like that might be some of the intent behind this uh, decision to Mm. basically postpone any banner restricted announcement until the 2nd of may um, which we can get into why that's ruffling some feathers later on but i just wanted to talk about the statement itself first of all so any other contradictory sort of things you see in there
0: well, counterpoint to what you said, because when they put this out, the events that were currently able, that were going to be played, that were class constructed would have made it, uh, numerically impossible for Bravo star of the show to actually reach living legends. So they were wrong. Uh, the, the, this was incorrect, what they said, but then they sort of retrofitted the OP system and added wow. two more battle hardens so that it was actually possible. Right. So they've added more. To make living legend an acquirable thing right and it's something that was done after or maybe it was done before but it just feels weird right like it feels like they're like okay well we want to make it at least possible that he can reach this
1: and it's like why is but that's the thing i think so you're you're drawing inferences there right that is not that is not explicitly stated we don't know when the battle hardens were decided upon it very well could have been that the battle hardens were decided upon a few weeks ago and they just were not scheduled like that in terms of they weren't published. We know that LSS has a lag time between publishing. We've known about ProQuest Season 2 for how long and uh, hasn't actually been announced on the page yet for players, ProQuest Season 2, right? Or maybe it was last week, but the retailer sort of information was out for multiple weeks before that even happened. So I I do just want to say that, you know, I get what you're saying and I do feel some of those feelings that you have about very suspicious that we now have two additional battle hardens. They weren't in the original, um, or they were in the original, I guess, um, event printing, but those events weren't announced outside of that so this is kind of like parallel of like wait what's happening here these don't actually add up um it turns For out sure. they do my
0: my inference actually comes from the version of the article that existed before the one you see here which they updated without telling anybody of course where there was three events listed and it was numerically impossible it's very clear we didn't know what the other events were so that's why it's like eh. but follow me down the paragraph a little bit and we'll find the biggest baloney sandwich of them all which is this approach is intended to put the challenge of exploring a revised metagame in the hand of elite player uh, elite group of players taking on the pro tour Adorable, right? And that's fine, if that was actually the intent. There's a way of organically doing that, um, which is having the Pro Tour soon after a set release, right? That's exciting. New heroes. It's actually something new. But just sort of artificially creating this by banning things to your content um, two weeks before, not very exciting in my opinion, and actually kind of unimaginative and dull. Uh, I don't like it. It feels like... It just feels uh, like there's... Why, right? Like it it doesn't, that I legitimately don't think that was the intent, right? If we're going to schedule a pro tour at the end of a set, like this was purposely put at the very end of Everfest, why would the intent of that to be to have a shake, like a uh, shake up the metagame and have something totally new on camera? I feel like they did that with the intent of having it sort of accessible and I don't know if solve this is the right word. But that one, that's the one that really irks me is like this idea that this is, you know, helping the the elite group of players to do stuff like this. And by the way, we can talk about this more later. But this doesn't. This really only helps a very subset group of players in sort in that pro player group that they've uh, they've pointed out here. And that's the people that have resources, that have testing groups, and have a lot of disposable time to work during that two weeks. The average player, this is very bad for. And not not the average player, like average flesh and blood player, but the average pro player. You know, who maybe has their friend that they test with, they have a couple people, they meet a few, a few times each week. This is very bad for them, and I don't like that.
1: Tell us how you really feel. No, no, no. I think, um, I, not that I disagree with necessarily anything you're saying, but I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit um, in terms of, at no point to LSS in the statement say that they think it's good for the pro players or for the elite players to have this change. I think what they're saying is uh, they're saying that they're putting forward a challenge potentially, whether you think that that's fully intentional or They're trying to tack that on based on what's happened with this sort of announcement. But anyway, there's a lot of, I want to dive into what you said. But first of all, let's talk about just kind of what's being said in the community, just some of the discourse around this, um, just the general sort of feeling, because I know you hosted a Twitter Spaces, uh, I think yesterday or the day before with Tara Patel and a few others. And I did listen to to bits and pieces, but I also didn't want to be influenced and swayed by what you said. So I, I tried to actually come up with a lot of my own notes before I even listened to that. So that, you know, I kind of have my my viewpoint and thoughts. Um, and I definitely feel strongly on a few things. But first of all, Brennan, because you were a part of this, what's kind of the general sentiment from the player base that you're hearing uh, so far through the Twitter spaces, through interaction on Twitter, things like that? Sure.
0: So I'm definitely more, I guess, sla- surprisingly, slightly on the extreme side, only because of I'm, I'm not really going to budge on the critiques uh, and pretend like it was, you know, by design. But um, that being said, if you've ever seen that meme that's like everybody disliked that. It's like a Xbox button and says everybody I don't know. I can't remember it is, but that's pretty much that's it. it. Nobody really likes it. Everybody hates it. Like every, like it's sort of collectively o- overwhelming. <laughs> the overwhelming feedback is that this was handled about as poorly as it could be handled and they they don't enjoy it. Like I think no no changes would have been kind of bad for the game, right? And bad for a lot of players, especially, like, you know, um, players that aren't going to Pro Tour and just, like, play this game, you know, play Classic construction for fun at their armories. Like, people wanted a change. I was very okay with no changes. But this whole idea where, like, we waited for this announcement for, you know, quite a while after calling Indianapolis. They had plenty of time to repair and it just goes, hmm, punt it down a month. It,
1: like, people are kind of pissed about that. The, the, the criticism or the, the negative... I guess is it coming from the decision to not ban anything? Is it coming from the decision to place another announcement for May second? Is it coming from the announcement itself and what happened surrounding that with multiple revisions to it? The the battle-hardened things. Uh, is it coming from the wording used in this announcement? Like where are the critiques coming from, or where are the kind of negative feedback coming from? And is there anything that people are taking positives out of this so far that you've seen?
0: Sure. So the 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 negative feedback is everything that you said except the first one which is people are irritated because there's no bands and they wanted something banned i think most people would have they wouldn't have been happy with it but they were okay and they were expecting and like no bands like that was a very reasonable outcome it's okay right um everything after that is is what people are angry about um there is one person had a positive take which was brian gottlieb um you know, one of the casters for the Calling Indianapolis, he said, you know, he put forth the idea that maybe it makes it more interesting for coverage, right? People are going to be watching it. There might be unexpected decks, things like this. Um, and it's not just kind of, you know, we've been in this really, I would consider this fat last format to be quite unfun. Uh, and it was, quite, it was dominated by two decks, right? If you watched the coverage, it didn't really look like that, but they were going quite far down the tables to find interesting matchups. And he talked about that, right? He said, there might be more representation you know, more deck diversity higher up in the tables. Um, and it could be more interesting for, for coverage. And I think that's a reasonable point.
1: Yep, yep. I would agree. Okay. So obviously we've got a statement from LSS. We've got a decision that may second is the next man restricted announcement. We've got reaction from the community. Um, I think just to echo, I've heard a lot of the same sentiments. I think the, there was a lot of, um, the, the handling, I think, is something that people are, are probably most upset about just in terms of the fact that it was really unclear and felt like felt like we we're being set up for this announcement on this date to be preparation for the Pro Tour and for the calling New Jersey and for ProQuest Season 2, Unless we forget about talking to ProQuest Season 2 the weekend of New Jersey to say, hey, six weeks out, here's the changes to the, or five weeks out, here's the changes to the format. This is what the format's going to look like uh, as we close out Everfest through New Jersey, through." Um, maybe even Taiwan, right through the the calling in Taiwan, um, and and crack alpha blitz. Let's not forget this is a blitz announcement as well. And we will get to that after class constructed. Um, this is what it looks like, and to say and for people to have that that date. Okay, first of all, nothing happened. Okay, is what it is. But this date of May second uh, has really sort of taken people aback. Like, hold up, now we're gonna have an announcement two weeks before New Jersey, less than two weeks, eleven days before New Jersey uh, for the calling in the pro tour, and eleven days before the start of ProQuest season two. That's, you know, that's put a lot of people at an ease. I think that's personally, that's stressed me out, to be honest. Uh, it's caused like, caused me to feel stressed because I was not expecting that announcement. I don't think anyone was expecting them to say, hey, a month from now, or less than a month from now, we're going to have another banner restricted announcement because that's not been a, a pattern that's emerged so far. It's been, you know, fairly like, hey, here's the season, here's the announcement. Um, here's the season, here's the announcement. Here's the ProQuest season, here's the announcement coming after this. And that's what I think people have come to expect. So that's why people, from my understanding, and I also feel this, uh not feeling good about this announcement and then on top of that just just the handling of of things has not gone down well uh especially amongst a lot of very vocal people i think in terms of just you know there's battle hardens there's not battle hardens what's the intent Uh, i think people have felt that lss have been pretty transparent with a lot of things this is not one of them is the also the feedback i've heard as well in terms of this is very confusing doesn't feel congruent with a lot of things that we've seen previously like brendan talked about the inconsistencies with uh with living legend and the use of this the ban restricted and the timing of it doesn't necessarily feel as congruent for a lot of people so that's probably summarizing i guess what we're seeing out in the community in terms of just the feedback and i don't think it's you know it's not brendan alone it's not me alone uh this is there's a lot of sentiments but i will say as much as I have heard very few positive uh, takes on this, Brendan, and one that I, I did hear, I did hear that part in the um, the Twitter spaces that you did do that Brian did share about mm. the the coverage. And I agree. I think you know having having fresh format for coverage, for people to really get on and watch and sink their teeth into and be like, wow, like, this hero, this hero. Like, that is that is something really exciting. And I think that's something really exciting when you get a new set. You know, you get a new set release and then too yeah, excited. Yeah. I was going got...
0: I kind of agree because I was like, there's another way of doing this, right? Sure. Where, and I think this is the worst of those two.
1: Right. Yeah. So, let's talk about I guess I want to talk about what this actual announcement means for the pro tour and for progress season and for the calling, etc. But first of yeah. all, I want to talk about maybe some ways that this could have been handled better from LSS and I've got a couple of points and I'll let you think about it while I talk Brennan, but for me, the the May 2nd date is is a big thing. So the, the I'm on with Brennan, I think no changes is is what it is. I wasn't uh, had they just said no changes, the next banner restricted announcement will be upon the release of our next set. Fine. I would have been like, yeah, not great. Not feeling ideal about that. I would like to have seen something banned, but expectations are there. We've had the flow that we expected. A banner restricted announcement, a change to the format, and now we're heading into the Pro Tour. Okay, cool. Or we get that banner restricted announcement and something does get banned and that is, that is also fine. I think the, the, the one that's um, probably needed to be handled better is this expectation around a second date in may why is this date so no reason was given in terms of why this is the selected date i mean you can draw in front you can draw some conclusions that it's because it's after battle hardened pittsburgh and we have living legend points for star of the show and i think that's a lot of the conclusion that people are drawing right now um but could we not be a bit more upfront and a bit more honest about the span and restricted announcement how like how close is starvo to like it you know is starvo do they actually see starvo as an issue that wasn't addressed at all Um, whereas last time there was this big explanation about briar and the fun of the game and you know how it's played and the the briar announcement i thought was handled really really well from just like how it was explained this one i feel like needed a lot more attention to just explaining what's happening here and i think that's a real big miss on ls's part for the players because not only does it hurt you know the players who are heading to these events the competitive-minded players but i actually think it hurts the game because it's really unclear and, and a bit of faith gets lost in what's happening here I think we need a much more structured system for how banner restricted announcements are handled in terms of, okay, this is the the timeline that we run to. And um, yes, okay, LSS have it within their power to maybe step in outside of those times, but to leave ambiguity coming into May 2nd as this kind of like looming guillotine date, they've now effectively left everyone in limbo up until this date, except I will say the players who are obviously playing in Taiwan, Krakow, and these battle hardens that are happening this month. But let's, let's remember that last time they made a change with, with Briar, they announced that change well in advance and said, hey, no changes for Australian and New Zealand nationals. They, they were really clear about that. So they could have done something similar here as well, which is something that I want to yeah. point out could have been done
0: they did that because they didn't want to rug pull everybody and that's just what they're freaking doing now. It's like, "Oh, we're going to ban Briar and, you know, her, but Australia New Zealand, we don't want to screw you guys over. You guys have been prepper, you know, prepping for this and this you didn't expect to have this ban. So we're going to institute this little rule that makes it reasonable for you. As a viewer, did I want to watch that same meta? No, I'd like to see Briar banned. But they allowed this courtesy for those players. And now there's like, hey, we're just going to collectively rug our entire pro scene because we think like the intent is for it to be more like interesting. And nobody likes that. Everybody, everybody doesn't like that. This, if if we got a ban restricted announcement, yeah, two days ago, right? When it was, it, when, it, when it was scheduled, it was already a decently short amount of time if they shook it up, right? If they banned like, okay, they're like, yeah, we're going to ban Starvo, Scalata, and we're going to unban Plunder Run. So it's like, oh, what the hell goes on now, right? We still have only like six weeks and those last two weeks are kind of a wash. Any like they're kind of a wash for people traveling because Hayden's oh, yeah. doing like we're doing like two he's doing like two days in travel and then he's jet lagged, right? So man, APAC that's going to the pro tour, oof, I mean they're the most pissed off. Six can, days, can, days to play <laughs> test, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs>
1: so there there is a piece of that, right? I think so the other suggestion I've heard is, Hey, get this piece you wanna so there's one suggestion, right? Is make the announcement now and leave it alone for the April scene, right? Let let Taiwan, let Krakow, let the battle hardens play out with this current format. Don't, don't like you say, quote unquote, rug pull those players, but give an adequate timeline ahead for New Jersey and ProQuest Season 2. And I'm lumping this all together because we can't just say, oh, the, the pro players, the pro tour, the pro tour. It's not, it's the players going to the calling. It's the players playing the battle Harden. It's the players playing ProQuest Season 2. So many people are impacted by this announcement. It's not just 200, 250, 300 people letting a play in Pro Tour, New Jersey everyone that's going to play in that calling everyone that's going to play that battle hardened event it's everyone that's going to play in um in pro Quest season two so let's not forget that as well but the other thing that people suggest is hey why not give a bit more extra time why not say okay we're going to make this next announcement and at the end of april we'll give three weeks i think the reason for that is pretty clear uh start of the show wouldn't have had the time to get all those living legend points and uh that's where it goes back to your thing about the, the congruity of using living legend and i completely agree so i think that one for me is kind of off the table i don't think that was ever something they would have done it doesn't make sense and it also doesn't fit with what they're clearly trying to do i think at this point so for me it's make the announcement now or you know just be really really clear about what's happening on may 2nd like why is there an announcement on may 2nd why wait for all this like i think this whole thing of like putting the the format into the elite players' hands is, I, I think that's that could be cool, but I think let us know about that. Why couldn't we have known about that a month ago? Had they had LSS come out and said this, Brendan, I'll see this right. Had LSS come out and said, uh, in let's say the middle of ProQuest season, hey, we're monitoring the situation with Star of the Show, uh, we have a ban and restricted announcement happening on 5th of April, we're also going to have an additional ban and restricted announcement coming on May 2nd. Would that not have at least prepared you for what's about to happen and, and let you make some decisions? Because I've, like, personally, and I know a lot of people have made this, made decisions on when I'm going to travel to the Pro Tour already because you have to have that locked in. Made decisions about, like, leave and, like, testing time and things like that because we're literally six weeks out now. So everyone was aiming for this date. Hey, the date is 5th of April and it's all six weeks, full steam ahead, heading towards New Jersey and ProQuest Season 2 and the calling. But had Alice has been really upfront front and said, there's also going to be announced on May 2nd, at least we can prepare for that.
0: Sure. Still bad decision, but sure. okay, right? I agree. Like, but... My, if if you've ever heard me criticize Legend Story Studios for this, speaking of anniversary episode, throughout this entire year, it's because of one thing, right? It's when they say things that just are kind of BS, right? Where it's like, no, that's not that's not actually what's happening, right? Like that's not true. And they're like, this is just you just feel out of touch by saying this, and they're like, hey, we're gonna do these special welcome to Wraith events, but they're gonna be capped at twenty people, and there's only one store in your entire state, and you're like. Yeah, I guess that's cool, right? Like that's additional, and this is this is obviously the smallest one. Um, and then we get to the bigger ones, where it's like, hey, we're going to allow you to gift PTIs, and I'm okay with gifting PTIs. Don't accuse me of not being okay with that. I'm cool. <laughs> Sell them, do whatever you, you want. But but no, but it's like the word yeah, "gift." Yeah. It's just like why use that word? It's and I, if it's legal, I understand. But coming from when I'm I'm getting information from LSS when they say stuff like that, I'm like people aren't going to gift them. It's just like, are you like, do you not understand how the world works or what's going on here? And like when they, when they come across that way, that's what irritates me. And that's what the same thing is here. It's like, yeah, there's like maybe like living legend. It's like, no, that's not the intent. Or you've just changed that up last minute. It's like, oh, it's going to make it more fun. It's like, no, that's not why you put the pro tour at the end of a set. Like, come on, like level with us and just be honest and be more transparent and just like acknowledge what's actually happening. And for me, that's really that's really what irritates me other than that i think they're a great company they execute things fantastically well but this is starting to creep in more and more and it's got to stop <laughs> it just yeah. has got to stop
1: all right we've actually talked about <laughs> i didn't realize how long it's, it's been, been a while on. yeah it's been a while but yeah. you know what it's um i think we both feel the same way that this is probably the the just the biggest decision so far that has not is not sitting well with it's clearly not sitting well with the player base for various different reasons from you know uh handling that has been suspect to a decision that didn't feel congruent with the rest of the decisions made to um just the kind of stress that's been now being put on players you know you want it to be fun right so there's a lot of things happening there we could probably go on about this and i know you've done the twitter spaces and there's a lot of opinions out there that's probably kind of the bulk of our opinions and what we feel that this could have done better and we just want to see them do better i agree with you brendan like i think so far the game of flesh and blood i i freaking love and that's because there's an amazing company behind it but hey time to call out a bad decision here and say something needs to happen here with this because these kind of decisions can't can't continue it's not it's not good for the health of the game and i think that's that's kind of our responsibility to call that out to be honest so anyway brendan i want to talk a little bit about what this means for pro tour number one let's mm-hmm. now so this has happened it is what it is let's move forward may second yep. we're going to get another announcement. Um, what does this mean for Pro Tour number one? What do you think is actually going to sure. happen in your eyes? What do you think May 2nd is going to bring us? we we'll hit head to PT1 calling and Pro for sure. Season.
0: Yeah, so all emotion out the window. Let's start talking about just like how we're going to execute here and like what might happen. So we're looking at p- p- testing and preparing for multiple different formats. You have to be doing that, or you're doing all of your testing after the announcement and it's probably not great, right? So well, we, ha- we yeah. still have this time, right? We still like have two this weeks time off work. T- for sure. How, yeah, exactly. How do you work with it? So you're going to be testing for multiple different formats. The most likely one, and the one that is I can, after reading this article, I, can, I almost guarantee it's going to happen, is that Starvo's banned, right? So I wouldn't test a format where Starvo exists. I don't think it's going to happen. It still could, right? Starvo Oops. still could exist. But then you can just revert to all the info we have already leading up to all these callings. and all You're good, right? So test as if Starvo's gone. Then you got to get into the, this is where it gets weird. It's like, what else do they hit? Okay, Skeleta is a bit of a weird engine. Um, it restricts design space, it's getting a little bit powerful now. Maybe they hit it. They're probably gonna hit it in Blitz, because in Blitz it's literally baloney sandwich. It's not good. Um but yeah, so you maybe go, okay, Starvo plus Skeleta, and then there's like these kind of like rogue bands where it's like, okay, maybe they hit like a uh, like a Luminaris or they unban a plunder run, or um, they do some like weird errata on like the pulses who <laughs> Yeah, please, no, right? But I don't think you, anything past, like, Skeleta and Starvo being banned, you get into really weird territory, and then you, yeah, you go from testing... There's, like, two reasonable formats you can test for. After that, it's, like, the next, the next tier of, like, reasonableness, I know it's not a word, is, like, 15 formats, right? Like, it's too much, right? So I think you kind of test for these few things, like a hit on Viserai and a hit on Starvo. Starvo just not existing, and, like, those are the formats we play with. Again, if there is literally no changes, and, um, yeah, you, you just revert to the data we had before.
1: Yeah. I just want to uh, call out thoughts to me, please, as the producer of this podcast for uh, having to manage Brendan's audio during this last segment.
0: <laughs> Some people, you know, sometimes <laughs> I get passionate. It happens about one That's every fine. Fine. two episodes, but, you know, sometimes I get passionate.
1: It's fine. Okay. No, I, I agree. I think the... I, What I'm reading into this article, and I agree there's all these things around it about like the congruency and the announcement itself and the way it's handled, but the wording to me feels so strong that there's going to be a different format for this Pro Tour and whatever shape that takes. And I think the most likely shape that takes is Living Legend for Star of the Show or a banning to Star of the Show. If for some reason I think, let's look at the Living Legend points, it has to win, I think, like just over half of these events. Uh, It has to win the calling, right? Is the really important one. Um, so we, we kind of know once taiwan rolls around if it doesn't win then it probably isn't getting living legend
0: it's actually pretty likely to be fair it has to win four out of five events right so um yeah but, so i think it's i think it's pretty likely it doesn't get living legend
1: but then there's the banning pieces so basically i'm reading to this that we're going to have some changes regardless and i think to brennan's point the most likely is no star of the show or a very heavily nerfed star of the show whether it be through card bannings I mean, the worst one we've talked about this would be just banning Awakening. It kind of does nothing, I think, in terms of just like <laughs>
0: that'd be hilarious. Doesn't really
1: change the format, not because the card's not good, but just because it just doesn't really change the format that much. New Star of the Show is still really prevalent. We saw Michael Hamilton win with that in his deck list. We know what these decks can look like without Awakening and the impact of it. So yeah, I expect to see something, and then Scalada or like Sonata or some some sort of ban or like I guess power um, nerf to Vissaray is what people are expecting next, and I would say is you know somewhat likely. So. I agree. Um the I think we need to remember is like, what does this mean for all of the events? Well, yeah, the elite group of players, quote unquote, get, you know, eleven days to to work with us, right, Brennan? But hey, also all the ProQuest players who want to play for ProQuest season two get eleven days to deal with this, and all the players who are playing in New Jersey at the calling only get eleven days to deal with this. So um I just wanna put my you know, just shout out to all those players who are planning to play those events because everyone is in the same boat um we've kind of talked about how we feel about this uh what does it more mean for ProQuest season 2 i actually think it's really interesting for ProQuest season 2 and i think this announcement is if i'm putting a positive spin on it um which i guess we haven't really done so i'd like to put some positive on it i think this plays out really well for ProQuest season 2 because we're going to get this um this pro tour people are going to be able to pick up decks from the pro tour and from the calling new jersey and run those into ProQuest season and i think ProQuest season could feel really diverse potentially potentially it depends on what actually happens on may 2nd <laughs> we could have quite an unrefined pro tour even because of the amount of time and the calling as well where there will be a few really strong decks a few teams will come to a few things then pro quest we might even see like a move on of that and then we get our next set so i did just want to i do want to put a little bit of a positive spin on that because there is i think there are some things that are going to come out of this that uh, are going to work well alongside what brian gottlieb said about the coverage being really interesting and people wanting to tune into an event where the format is kind of uh, all up in the air
0: Yep, for sure, Hayden. But I think that the sort of residual and collateral damage you do on the way towards that is uh heavily exceeds those positive benefits. Um, but you know, maybe I am being a bit uh a bit aggressive, but it's only because I don't want it to happen again. <laughs> You're
1: passionate, right? And I think that's I hope people take that as that's how we are we're speaking about this. I just want to reiterate again is that we don't feel like game is failing we don't feel like we have animosity towards lss right like it is it, this is a critique this is how we feel this is how the community feels and we, we're being you know voices for that i think for a lot of people out there who are feeling very similar um and the, just a reality of where we are right now and i think really at the end of the day just needs to be done better we need we need improvement from this and i did not expect to be spending our, our one year anniversary our 52nd episode maybe this gross, this negative because yeah. this might be the most negative that we've ever been about an announcement from lss but um it's it's true and that's where we are right now so we've talked a bit about that what does that mean for i guess players testing you've said that brendan you means probably having mm-hmm. to test multiple formats it probably means having to be really uh, nimble and to be able to adapt to that announcement on may 2nd and being able to go in multiple directions so some of the tough things is like okay access to cards like that is a real thing how are yep. people feeling Owned about a lot of cards access to cards yeah, yeah. um just time. So I know for me, I'm going to be trying to get a lot of work done in the few days leading up to the announcement, so that I have some more free time on those days prior to traveling to the the pro tour, which can to be really difficult. But I'm going to try my best to do that to have as much time as possible with the with the the clarity, with the full information at my disposal to test. Um, I'm also looking at, I guess, and I would suggest that to people as well. Like try and find those times, you know, try and make that a priority. I think prior to that testing time, my advice would be is like. We have kind of an idea of what we think will happen. Like Brendan said, there's probably no point in testing a format with Star of the Show right now because in reality, even if that does end up being the format, well, we've got a lot to go off of previous data and and maybe you want to get some reps in because you're not familiar with Star of the Show. That's fine. I wouldn't make it a priority. Um, I would focus on what could be. And for me personally, it's like looking at other decks, like, hey, what are heroes that maybe were held down by Star of the Show because we, you know, we just, it wasn't viable, right? Because of Star of the Show, plain and simple. What are some of those heroes and decks? Let's run those in. How do they go into prison Viserai, or these decks and then what what could the format adapt to what are some cards that we weren't playing because we had to have spots for Star of the show et etc cetera, et cetera. that's what i would focus on when it comes to the impact of this announcement
0: i agree um for for players coming from you know apac or other far regions i think there's an interesting strategy and i don't know the correct answer on how you how you sort of <laughs> navigate this one it's gonna be tough
1: yeah i think yeah, we are at a bit of a disadvantage, but I think it's it's impacting everyone. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, it means that we, in reality, I guess your flight is what like four hours to the pro tour. Mine is 26 and a half hours or something, uh, plus time zone changes and some needing yeah. some sleep either side of that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's what is that? It's three days. I mean, really, it's not that much of an impact comparatively. Like, we're all kind of in the same boat when it looks to that. Um, let's. Think about one. Well, one last question, I guess I have for you, Brennan. Is like, let's just say James White hands you the keys right now and says, "Hey, Brennan, we want you to we want you to fix this. We know we've made a bit of a blunder. Um, what would you do right now? Right now, what would you do? Would you would you change something? Would you make another announcement? Or well, like, what if you were LSS right now, just hearing yeah. the community feedback? Would, what's the next thing you would do? I
0: would capitulate which I think is like 99% of the time it's the wrong thing to do is to actually like listen to your community and go back on your decisions. Like you're the studio, like you need to show conviction, right? And it's actually my issue with this this announcement. It looks like they don't have conviction, right? They just punted it. But this is so bad that I, and it's not just the reception is so bad because I don't think that you should base your decisions off reception. I think that this like what this is doing to the game and like from a player standpoint from an enjoyment standpoint um and just from like a pro tour integrity standpoint um it's just bad right and i think if they if they agree at all they should capitulate and just you know and capitulate means they they just go back on what they said they go hey we made them they do the old classic um we made a mistake we've all seen that screenshot from the <laughs> from <laughs> from the dustblade band. they say we made a mistake Here's what it's actually going to look like. And just please, like, yeah, just give us back, like, the pro tour that, you know, we've been expecting for a long, long time now, right? We had this scheduled announcement. Like, I just think you go back on it this time. Like, there's so many things that communities have, the community has been angry about in the past. And, you know, Alice has banned something or chosen not to ban something. And, you know, there's been overwhelming feedback that they should, you know, do that. I would never have suggested they go back on what they did. This is the first time. Um, because I think the decision's very atypical, and I don't think that it actually represents their core values that they could actually just go back on it and um fix the fix the issue whether that I don't know what the changes are, but yeah, they just they just go back. This one is the only one ever i'm I'm not a fan, but only this one <laughs> it's
1: a, it's tough it's so tough i think um if it was me in that situation uh as much as as I think, as a as a player and as a member of the community, I want that as well. I want some clarity first of all, but I also want them to make a better decision. I think it's kind of past, and I think uh, yeah. I agree that you there kind of needs to be a bit of commitment to this. But I think the main thing is they need to learn from this and just basically I think they need some internal reviews and to come with a better process for this next time and to get a better handle on the community, be more in touch with the community. I think as a small studio, it's something they have to do, and I think they were really good at it for a very long time and. The expansion into North, North America really challenged that. Um, but now it feels like, yeah, there's a lot of learnings to be had to be more in touch with the community. So if it was me, I think probably I'd stick with this announcement. I would m- possibly publish more clarity on this announcement and just be really brutally honest about where we see the game right now and what's happening. Uh, but that probably wouldn't change the decision that I would make around May 2nd if that was the decision that they're going for. That's clearly for a reason. That's the decision. I get it. They want this The piece they said at the end around a, a, a clean, like a fresh format, whatever it is. That's fine i mean it's not fine but i mean it is what it is and that's nice. the decision made but i think that's the decision they stick with but yeah i mean the big thing would be hey we need to learn from this and we need to do a better job and also maybe we need to give the community right now something and that is clarity and yeah actually that might make some people more angry more upset yeah. but i think that's going to give um people a bit more information to work with and at the moment it's just a whole lot of um things up in the air and that's that's really tough for a growing player base. There's
0: a respect thing, right? Like you can earn respect even by making a decision that I disagree decision. with. If it looks like, yeah, like if you just if you just have conviction and you explain it, when you have these sort of, you know, incongruities and these sort of hypocritical, you know, writings, these things just contradict everything you said before. Uh, it looks like there's, I don't know. It, it Like I said, who's driving this thing? That's the question. Um, hey, now I have a question for you. If they went back on it, they're like, Okay, reviewing this, um, didn't go through the correct channels. This is this is actually maybe not what we want. And after seeing all the feedback, we actually kind of disagree with it. Um and we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and give you the re- the banner restricted list right now. And here's what it is. Would you and let's say they go for all these events leading up to it, it's not enforced. Would you as a player like lose respect for the studio? No, I think it'd that. be in the delivery. In.
1: Yeah, it'd be in the delivery. It'd be like you said before conviction. So if they like really said, Yep, yeah, like we have listened and also we, you know, We made a few internal mistakes like being really honest about it and done it with conviction say like this is what's happening now then no i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset about that i'd be like hey look they've already learned and they've decided to make a really tough decision to say like hands up fucked it like we did it we did it wrong we did you dirty like here's the here's the actual you know here's what we're going to do fine but i think they can't half-ass it and be like oh well actually like you know listen to this and we're gonna gonna change this and this is what it's going to look like and no more clarity really around like why things have been announced the way they are then that that's kind of yeah i wouldn't say i lose respect i feel like i i have the utmost respect for the studio and james white and what everyone's doing i just want to see some things be uh, enacted a bit better and um yeah this is not, not a great decision i think
0: maybe faith is a better word than respect yeah okay, sure sure. sure yeah. Faith in yeah
1: yeah i think that would i think that would actually i wouldn't lose faith if they made that announcement. i think they might even restore a bit of faith to be honest as much as i don't think it's the thing i would do um, I think it could. So, and I think it would restore probably some faith within the, the player base. But I think, um, yeah, like this is a a reasonable size bump on the road. But I don't think it's gonna, you know, it's not it's not derailing the train or anything. Um, but you know, a few more of these could, and that's where I think they need to really take a introspective look and make sure that you know they improve on these sort of decisions. Um, all right, Brennan want to wrap this up and talk a quick bit about blitz because this also no changes to the blitz format and we're heading into uh krakow and into multiple battle hardens and um really interesting i know like krakow is really soon so i can kind of understand this decision to make no changes to the blitz format and saying that now having the blitz format played it and 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 played some skirmish season i i think this format like we can we don't have to rehash our episode last week you can go and watch it me and Brendan probably fundamentally disagree i don't think this is a healthy format i think it's a good format i think those are two very different things just want to point that out because someone did put that in the comments and said that i called it a healthy format i didn't call it a healthy format i called it a good format (laughs) um but the the point is i think is that uh probably something needs to happen to blitz it's probably like you say a ban this is i think probably just too consistently good in terms of what it does but i think the rest of the format actually feels really like really good and really cool and really fun to play um so
0: Yeah, I think the Visceride doesn't function as intended in Blitz. Like, I don't think that's intentional. Uh, It's a very uh, intense gameplay pattern, right? That can't be replicated by many other decks. I also think the Blitz format is played by a few decks, and then a lot of other decks literally can't exist. Like, they can't even compete at, like, a a base level against some of these other decks because they're so fast and so explosive and so non-interactive. But if that's what the format is, I'm okay with it, too. I actually don't think the format's on fun. I agree with you. I, agree. I don't yeah. think it well, you said it was good. I don't think it's unfun. I think it's actually decently it's okay. Like it's decently fun. But uh I I do not <laughs> I definitely believe that some things are functioning not how they were intended to.
1: All right, Brendan. Before we before we go, we have to do a Google review. Now if you do want to get a review in for us to read out on the podcast, you can do this. Uh ratethispodcast.com forward slash Arsenal Pass. Go and leave us a review. A positive review would be nice, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. But we probably won't read out negative ones, to be honest. Mm. But we've had some funny amazing ones. reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. Brendan wants funny ones. So, Brendan, with that said, take it away. Um, who have we got? What have we got?
0: So, this week we got The Revel to My Rune Blood. This is by Earthlore Bounty Good. I like the name. It says, Good podcast. I'm hoping that with Brendan and Hayden's help, I can be more than just a mediocre fab player. Well, I doubt it, but hopefully you get to laugh a little bit on the way. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for the review, Earth, Earth Lord Bounty. Good, I agree by the way. But the revel to my rune blood. Mm, chef's kiss on that. That's one. the title.
1: That's nice. All right. Well, yeah. Get your reviews in for Brennan to read out. I heard there's a review from Luke Badger, and he really wants it read out. So you have to dig for that for next week, Brennan. Uh...
0: Read it out in person when we're at the pro tour <laughs> with Luke Badger.
1: All right. Um, that's it. Well, episode 52 of arsenal pass uh you know this is our one-year anniversary pod maybe not quite what we thought we were going to be talking about but i think really important to do so really important to share our views on this and express how the community is feeling and uh, some people might not be aware of the discourse that's happening uh for whatever reason so that is what's kind of happening in the community right now it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks of course we do have some really big events we've got multiple battle hardens brendan's gonna be in dallas this weekend we've got krakow coming up we've got taiwan coming up watch out for taiwan class constructed really gonna be interesting to see i'm also interested to see what happens in krakow with blitz will viscerai just dominate or will you know will some other decks be out there ultim aggro you know these kind of proactive ultim decks seem good <laughs> maybe maybe now maybe dash who knows anyway uh if you haven't checked out our youtube page we're almost at 4,000 subscribers so please go and drop us a uh, a sub and, and check out some of the content we put up we just put up a gameplay between dash and viscerai it's a best of three game uh, between myself and brendan so enjoy that twitter and brendan are both on twitter brendan is at brendan apg i am at Fian underscore dale and it's just started hailing outside at the end of the episode that's weird um uh, <laughs> interact with us uh you know leave us some interesting questions if you want get a question for the commander cookout Patreon as well just want to shout out all of our patrons and a big massive thank you for everything you allow us to do and um, for continuing to be our patrons if you are a patron make sure you jump into the community discord we also do post you know monthly extra podcasts up there we do gameplay reviews we do uh like deck guides and stuff during the seasons So check those out. Otherwise, Brendan, one year of Arsenal Pass, one year of having to listen to you every week. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week.